Welcome to the IFNZ Podcast, home of the Birth Diversary 2 Electric Boogaloo. You like what you hear? Check us out on our website, ifnzpodcast.com. As well as our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ifnzpodcast. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review for the show. It really helps us out. And as always, enjoy the show again. I, I don't know. When it's a nice day, maybe it's summer, maybe a holiday, maybe fourth of July, maybe those spring movies just came out and your love will let them learn. If you feel it, you see, let's take a moment and listen to the IFC podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 93 of the IFNZ podcast. It's me, Justin. And me, Shad. Well, happy birthdiversary, buddy. Happy birthdiversary. Are you uh, are you as annoyed by me as I am? Because <laughs> I can't fucking stand myself at this point. <laughs> it's been so long. I've forgotten. No, uh, no, it's been great. It's it's two whole years of doing uh, this uh, on a on a regular uh, basis. We got one of these dropping consistently every week and we're just uh sharing the the love and the the funny and the the goofballness and whatnot the silly gooseness uh with everyone almost say that we uh we started a podcast yeah or you could we could simply just say we've been doing a podcast for two years (laughs) we have been yeah it's uh it's nice to celebrate though and kind of reflect and uh you know, this is kind of a sequel to it all. This is, you know, we we had a birth anniversary. You know, this I, is the birth anniversary too. Absolutely. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Um, yeah. The weirdest thing is like, why don't people celebrate like birthdays like sequels? Like when you're two, like that should be birthday the sequel, and uh, that'd be cool, right? Yeah, like happy birthday, Justin colon Judgment Day. Yes. You know uh, what I mean? I think or I, something you know cooler than that. I think we're on to something here. I think uh, I got a I got a, a kitty that will be two this uh, this July, and maybe she'll have a a sequel birthday uh, instead of just like a regular like she's two kind of thing. Should I make a trailer for her? And then when yes. is it? It's in July. Yeah, July fifteenth. I think. I feel like there's enough pictures of her online that I can <laughs> scavenge together to make a. I'll make a trailer and I'll, I'll uh, post it on the uh, the uh, the Facebook and everything. Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. Well, since this is a sequel show, uh, I f- we figured we'd kind of talk about some uh, some top sequels that there are. I mean, movies are kind of obvious, but in all. <laughs> Yeah, in all medias, uh, there is uh, there's sequels to there. There's uh, mm-hmm. you know second seasons. There's the sophomore album. There's the the sequel mm-hmm. comic book. Um, and there's all kinds of different sequel medias out there. Some are a little more well done than others, yeah. though. I would say absolutely. So we're just gonna we're gonna reminisce about some sequels and uh, just tell you what our favorites are, and uh, you can obviously let us know what your favorites are on uh, on the Twitters and the Facebooks, on the comments on SoundCloud, whatever. Like uh, that you started with the like you're like a seventy year old man. I am. Have you gone down to the WalMarts today? Have you not figured that out yet by now? <laughs> I'm a seventy year old man trapped in a thirty two year old's body. I watched a video from Game Grumps earlier, and he called. An Amish person, uh, Amish, but he said it so like, like he was just like, what do you think I am? Uh, Amish. It was just so weird and funny. Especially with the double A. That's even mm-hmm. better. Uh, Amish. Uh, Amish. It's almost like you got a stutter, but not quite. Well, let's talk about like, uh, just let's go easy. Let's talk about movie sequels to begin with. 
Easy like Sunday morning. I think for most of mine, I literally did the second one. I didn't pick another one out of worry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. Oh, Sequel like, like the, the second two. movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with two. that. Okay, cool. I was making sure that that's where we were going. That's where my this. brain was at for sure. Okay. Are you wanting to start? It doesn't matter. You go ahead and start. I don't have any like certain order. I don't have like a top of anything. So Okay. I, I don't either, really. I mean, these are all ones that I love. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, who could have guessed that Back to the Future 2 would have been <laughs> on this list? Absolutely. Definitively my favorite in the trilogy to begin with anyways. Yeah. I absolutely adore this movie. I love seeing the year 2015 from a 1980s movie perspective and seeing like what they thought everything was going to be yeah, right. like. Still, It's still amazing to me. Uh, it holds up so well. Mm-hmm. And getting to go back in time to 1955 and getting the alternate timeline of the current like 80s where Biff is like lord over Hill Valley and stuff. Oh, is that that one? Okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah, confused on which he has like the which, so. giant hotel casino in the middle of town, and it's the only thing that's okay, and then everything else is a shithole. <laughs> and everybody compares Donald Trump to Biff in that movie. That makes sense. Because he basically is, you know, Biff. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, I One of them I wasn't even thinking about while I was, I was kind of going through this is Scream 2. Yeah. Scream 2 is uh, probably one of them is my, my favorite, I would say, of the Screams. Um, it's when, uh, it's, uh, Billy's mom is the killer. Uh, they're in college. I do believe if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it's just a really good follow up. Uh, the cast is good in it and, uh, and not, not, uh, not to be out of uh, topic with it, but it just, the scream is getting all rustled up on me again. Cause there more talk about scream five. David Arquette's just signed, uh, signed on or said that he is going to be in Scream 5 with Nev Campbell. So uh, so it's just, it's fun. I watched Scream 1 the other day because I was like, they were talking about Matthew Lillard's ca- character. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name right now. Um, but that he could potentially be still alive and that he could be in Scream 5 um, and was supposedly supposed to be the killer in Scream 3 at one point in time before they rewrote uh, things. So... I'm like, how, did he not die in, in Scream 1? And it, it looks like he died, but I don't think they ever actually showed him dead. So there is a potential that uh, we could even get Matthew Lillard coming back. Uh, but Stewart. I, Stewart, thank you. Yes. Uh, but I digress. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember it either. <laughs> Scream 2 is great. Uh, soundtrack was really good from what I remember. Uh, Scream's always had really good soundtracks. Uh, yeah, but you didn't get that sweet, sweet Creed song until 3. That's true. <laughs> I can't even talk uh, a lot of shit about Creed because, like, before like the second album, I really, I really, well, I guess he, I really liked the first album, is what you would say. Before the first, yeah. before the second album, I liked them. You uh, would say their their sequel, their sophomore album, <laughs> was not great. They took a different turn that I wasn't really into. Uh, mm-hmm. after, Christianity, yeah. After that, <laughs> after that first album, uh, that I just I couldn't deal with uh, so much. But uh, Scream Two, good time. Uh, my next one that I have on the list is evil dead Two. So this yeah. is the first one that like the first movie was meant to be like a full on, like Raimi designed it to be like a, just an actual horror movie, you know, going out to the woods, the cabin, the Necronomicons there, the dead awaken. Um, and, and it is a genuinely good, scary movie. Evil dead two is essentially basically just a reboot. It's, it's the, almost a, virtually the exact same plot as the first one. 
he's going back out to the cabin and everything too. The Necronomicon's there, but this one actually is where Raimi got the idea to try to make it like a semi-comedy okay. mixed with the horror that, you know, and then from that point on, it basically turned into like a, a funny horror movie. Like uh, there are still moments where the the monsters and the zombies or, or the deadites as they're called, like will come out and they are genuinely scary and everything too. And there are jump scare moments, but like it's all followed up by funny moments, straight up comedy mm-hmm. and the, the snappy one liners that Bruce Campbell would forever and ever be known for. <laughs> Um, and I, I can't, I could speak volumes about it. It's a great movie. I haven't seen that one. I saw the first one. Um, and yeah, you're exactly right about it. Uh, but I, I've never made my way back around to see, uh, evil dead two or, uh, Ash versus the dark. It was the, the army of darkness. army of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, never done them. Yeah. Army of darkness is like, they, they, they are completely like two and army of darkness are full on. Like the army of darkness is a sequel to two. Yeah. Whereas, you know, 2 is basically just a glorified reboot to be like, hey, let's try and be funny this yeah, time. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Return of Return to Oz. Sorry, no, Return of Oz. Return to Oz uh, is a, a sequel of sorts. Um, I, I like this one. You can check it out on Disney+. Plus. Um, it is with Feruza Bulk, uh, with a much younger Dorothy than you see in the first one, which is always a little weird as far as like timeline goes. Uh, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're making it an understanding that the original Wizard of Oz, uh, is actually the first in this movie. It's just that it's a sequel story, I guess. It's how they play that. But, uh, you get Jack Pumpkinhead, you get TikTok, um, and the horse, sawhorse. Is that what they call him? I can't remember what you call him. Um, and the storyline's really cool. It's just kind of those weird, like, 80s movies where there's just a bunch of weird stuff going on. Uh, but surprisingly enough, most of it is all in the Wizard so, of Oz books. so odd that it took them, like, really kind of that long to get a proper, quote-unquote, like, sequel yeah. to, you know, like, the Wizard of Oz whenever we had so much content to kind of go with. Absolutely. And they and still, I mean, you look at it even today, it's like it took another probably 20, 25 years to get to uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, the, the prequel movie. And then mm-hmm. they still have yet to do really much of anything after that as far as uh, mainstream media goes, unless you're talking about kid shows that are on like Amazon originals that I don't really count because I think they're just kind of making it up as they go there. Uh, How do you say her first name? Feruza. Feruza Bulk. Feruza Bulk. I don't think I ever knew how to actually say her first name. She's good people. I just call her Miss Bulk. Miss. Oh, is that how you address her? She's like, oh, Miss Bulk's in that movie. I like that craft <laughs> movie, Miss Bulk's in there. Miss Bulk's in that Waterboy movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next one is Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Uh, a sequel that seemed uh, inevitable but also unnecessary. <laughs> but at the same time, it's more of the same. Yep. You get the, you get, it's, it's just a silly goose Absolutely. good time. No matter what you do, what with does those four characters, why does that movie get flack? I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. And, and honestly, I, I can 100% tell you ghostbusters two. I saw it before I saw ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. One. yeah. 
So like I fell in love with two. I knew the Statue of Liberty moment that was like so iconic. I knew the ooze and shit that was running through the sewers. I never knew anything about like the first one and the Stay Puft. I didn't mm-hmm. see that until I was like slightly older. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I loved it to death. I thought it was a great movie. And that was my first real introduction to Ghostbusters. Yeah. I and I'll it. be excited for uh, for our threequel. Yes. After <laughs> next <life>. year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, well, I. I think there was an interview with Bill Murray recently where he was like, man, uh, I just, I gotta say that, um, that Rick Moranis, I, you know, he was, he was really missed on the set and we had a good time. And, um, and also obviously that, um, Harold Ramis was missed on the set as well. And I was like, cool. Like he hasn't really talked about it. I don't really think he's been very public about the movie at all or how he yeah. fit into it. He kind of before he signed on or before they announced that he signed on, he was like, ah, like I haven't been approached or anything like he just kind of kept real quiet. Uh, it seems to really still be keeping generally quiet about it, but I'm, I'm yeah. pumped for that movie for sure. Um, I got to go with clerks, too. Uh, it's actually a, a very, a very favorite of mine uh oh very favorite i love them very favorites uh clerks 2 it's on mine as well was just a you know it's a a revisit of the same story kind of but totally different package obviously in color um the story around it was a lot more of a feel good like you felt good about it it was kind of a happy place movie there was uh probably one of the best movies you know that kevin smith has done i think uh just mm-hmm. in in story alone and cast and i felt like they all played well together the elias character that they added the becky character that they added and the way that the four of them with dante and randall had like a, a relationship that you could you t- could tell that they had um chemistry uh on the set to really just play on each other and uh, so I, I really dig that one absolutely uh, my next one that I wrote down was Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Uh, obviously, this is, I don't know. I, I think I've said it before a couple different times on different episodes. Say this it is my again, favorite, brother. Hallelujah. My favorite Star Wars movie. Hallelujah. I love, uh, I love the dark side coming out. I love the Empire getting their chance to win. And then, uh, you know, not having as many Ewoks around. Uh, you know, <laughs> Do the Ewoks like bother you? Are you are you no, not, are no, you an no, anti Ewoker? No. no, I mean honestly, whenever I was, whenever again, whenever I was younger, yeah. I watched all the movies. I, as much as I enjoyed Empire like the most, I probably watched like Return of the Jedi more. Oh, sure, yeah. than most of the others as well, just because I mean it was just. I guess the Ewoks and everything about it just kind of resonated with me more yeah. at that point in time than anything more else. But story-wise and continuity-wise, or not story-wise, just in general, I, Empire is just such a well-written and it's just a great sequel. Yeah. I am your father. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say Extremely Goofy Movie uh, is one of my top sequels uh, that I that I'm aware of. Uh, I was a big Goofy movie kid. Never seen Extremely Goofy. You've movie. never seen the Extremely Goofy movie? Mm-mm. Oh man! They, I only watched the first one. There's a lot of like X Games going on. Uh, it is. It's like in the height of X Games, and so right. they were like, "Well, we're just going to sequelize Goofy movie, and Max is going to be really into uh, the X Games now. He's going to go off to college." And he's going to be into that. And Goofy's, you know, he's a he's kind there, of protective uh, dad. Is there a dog person version of Tony Hawk? Uh, uh, probably. Like Tony Bark? 
probably I, I, I can't recall specifically uh it's been it's been i probably watched within the last year but i don't remember specifically that yeah uh all the original cast is back um it's it's uh just more of the same and you were ta- kind of talking about ghostbusters too just being uh kind of a rehash of ghostbusters one just more of a good time uh with it that's kind of what goofy movie is the extremely goofy movie if you will uh except without the uh i don't think that there is a a musical uh ending uh with powerline if i'm not, i don't i don't think the powerline's there at the end it's the only thing that movie's missing well i didn't realize that Max is the same guy that does uh, James Marston, the guy yeah. that does, or Jason Marston that does the voice for uh, Thackeray Binks. Yes, that's cool. Yeah, he's a heck of a voice actor. He's also uh, the the preppy kid in Full House that likes DJ Tanner. Uh, that wears who the doesn't like DJ Tanner? <laughs> Speaking of DJ Tanner, uh, <laughs> I don't really have anything to follow with that. Uh, Christmas Vacation, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, and it is technically the sequel yeah. to Vacation. I forget about that. Uh, yeah, I it's my favorite Vacation movie. There's not much to say about it. Shitter was full. <laughs> uh, I got Batman Returns as one of my favorite uh, favorite sequels. That was my first introduction into the Batman movies, the the Burton Batman's. I didn't watch uh, Batman just Batman Batman. Uh, first, I watched Batman Returns because that was the one that my uh, grandparents had the VHS of. So that's the one that I watched. Um, and they both they they love Danny DeVito. They're all about him. Uh, but uh, yeah, so obviously that's the one with the penguin and Catwoman. And we get uh, is that the one where we get a, a smooth talking Harvey Dent, uh, Billy D. Williams? Yeah, is that in that? Yeah, so. Um, it's a, a good movie. I I don't have anything wrong with that one. I actually definitely prefer that one over the first one, even. Uh, but I think it's probably because I saw that one first, and that's really the only thing about it. But nobody's favorite probably is Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. I would assume. But my sequel maybe. that I have on here is Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. No, it's not. Uh, I was going to say I forgot that the Batman Returns. That's also uh, before. Uh, penguin becomes mayor it has uh what's his face christopher walken is the mayor oh yeah he's uh he's mayor mayor max shrek that's right he's got that like big huge yeah, white hair that's all... like pushed back yeah. and shit yeah <laughs> very you're like you look at him and yeah i was gonna say you look at him and you're just like yeah you belong in every burton movie <laughs> i wish they would have brought uh, him back the uh the, the i have a batman sequel on here i put down dark knight that so makes a sequel to to begins uh i was where we got to see our new joker in heath ledger and mm-hmm. arguably one of the best uh if not the best jared weird, leto jared leto uh, second only to jared leto <laughs> <laughs> with the with the hand <laughs> the yeah. hand mouth <laughs> you think he ever did one of those the hand talky things with his hand mouth <laughs> i hope he did get one of those tattoos too <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's such an amazing movie. I I I, I could not talk more about uh, any of the Batman Begins trilogy or honestly any of Christopher Nolan's movies in general. I yeah, mean, he's just such a brilliant writer and director. Absolutely, but the Dark Knight shines really well. I like it a lot. 
I will. I'll finish up with a, a newbie that everyone should go check out, especially if you have Amazon Prime. Is Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Uh, another Kevin Smith uh, title on the on the list for me, uh, but it's a no brainer, of course. Um, and reboot is a perfectly kind of uh, written revisit reunion kind of sequel to every uh view askew universe movie uh in a way and uh so go check out jane saw bob reboot especially if you have amazon prime you can just uh watch it for no additional cost uh i have a few others yeah that i was i'll just mention real quick terminator 2 oh my yeah favorite terminator I movie i love judgment day that's such a good movie uh two towers oh yeah uh as much as I, I think, I, I still think that Return of the King is my favorite, but I, I mm, adore Two Towers as well. Um, and then my last one is Silence of the Lamb, which oh, a lot I of people don't that. think of it as a sequel, but technically it is Man because is first. Manhunter came out in like 1985 or 86. Yeah. Uh, this is the next film yeah. in that series. Good point. Uh, another couple honorable mentions I forgot. Uh, Dumb and Dumber 2, that's pretty good. Mm. I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, the uh, Jurassic Park Lost World and Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm, Winter Soldier is real good. I was actually I was thinking about all of the uh, the sequel movies of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. and there's really only that I can think of two sequels that are actually good uh, would be Winter Soldier and then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, I think my favorite out of all of those would be if you if we're I mean, technically, it's still within the Marvel universe, uh-huh. but uh, Spider-Man Two. I love Spider-Man. Oh 2. yeah, Far From Home. That's a good point. No, not Far From Home, but actual Spider-Man Two, like the same oh, name as Spider-Man gotcha, Two. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. With Doc Ock, I like that one a that lot. That's good. You're right. You you are right. I'll give you that. Whenever he's stopping the train, he does the that face with his face all scratched out. He's got the all the webs out. <laughs> that and they're all carrying him and shit. Brings a tear to your eye. They're like, it does. he's just a kid. <laughs> uh, going on to TV. So, like, uh, obviously the sequel to TV could be a spinoff, I guess, technically, if you... That 80s show. If you, like, <laughs> I don't know about that 80s show, but, like, yeah. If the you Jeffersons. A, if you took a... Yeah, the Jeffersons is a sequel show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I didn't really think about it that hard, because I just my brain couldn't hold on to the concept of like actual sequels so i didn't i thought i didn't think about it that hard because i didn't write down any <laughs> <laughs> well just thinking of a couple highlights especially over the last couple of years they got like stranger things season two uh yeah. is a highlight that's a, a really good like they kind of obviously they were rolling the dice with season one we got demi dogs and we got demi dogs in season two we really got like the team up of uh you know that one kid and the other kid uh One's older and one doesn't have teeth, and they have yeah. fun together. Steve uh, and Dustin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> First time we get to see and experience the mind flare in general, yeah. like, like actually get to see it. And yeah, stuff. interaction with it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's a, a highlight of a season two that comes to mind right away. Uh, Walking Dead season two, when we go to the farm, uh, there's a lot of that one gets a lot of flack because there's not so much. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that happens there. Oh, maybe I should rewatch it. I have fond memory I like, in my I brain. Feel like I have like one 
they're moving because it's like they're trying to get to the CDC, and then shortly there, they're like, oh, here's Harshall's Farm, and then we stay there for the whole season. But like Shane died, like the whole, all the Shane oh, drama. I happens. think I, I like that season. I'm not dogging it. Isn't that where Michelle- I just know that online and everything, it got it's a lot bad. of flack because a lot of people said like, and they really picked it back up with three, which is true. I mean, actually getting to uh, the prison and the governor's Woodbury and everything. And yeah, that, I think yeah. that really did for sure pick it up, but... I liked all the Herschel stuff in general. I liked Absolutely. being on the farm. Like Herschel's you get cool, the, and you get the uh, the uh, the swamp or the swamp. Uh, what is it? The fucking well zombie, like the big bloated yeah. one and shit. Yeah, you get the whole Shane storyline. Is that in that way? Doesn't, doesn't Carl get shot there too? Doesn't he at that point in time? Not in the eye, but he gets shot in general. Uh, I don't know. Point in time, I can't remember. But then, like, that's where Glenn and Maggie meet together and start to yes. build their relationship. Uh, that's where we lose Sophie, right? Or uh, is it Sophie? What's mm-hmm. it? Inside, inside, yeah. In the Sophie. barn. I love yeah. the barn, that whole barn thing. Lizzie's the cool. one, like, look at the flowers, Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that's I, like season five or some shit. Yeah. And then I think at the end of season two is where we meet Michonne, right? Like in that, isn't it? I think oh. it's like a teaser because we get to meet her more in season three. Yeah. But season three is like the big thing. But if it's anything, it it's just be like a little tease. We I don't think at the very end, her. we see her walking like in the dark, but we don't even with see her zombies. with the zombies. Yeah. We just see like it in the dark. And then we lose Andrea in season two. There's a lot of happens yeah. in season two. It's good season. It's pretty pivotal. I, I, I just I think on, on online it gets a lot of flack because there's not so much location change. Where I'm just like, and look at it now. We've got like fucking four <laughs> locations that we go between. Yeah. That's it for like the last what three or four seasons yeah <laughs> absolutely um and then just some some things that uh i kind of made note of i think the best sequel season is going to be the mandalorian season two from all the whispers no. we've heard like that's gonna be like that's gonna take the cake right there that's the best sequel of television ever made is it gonna take the cake and run with it i think it's gonna yeah i think it's gonna it's gonna run like a marathon with that cake and it's gonna kind of try to think of melt. other tv shows that i really like that had good season two i mean i like lost a lot i think lost season two really started developing like the hatch storyline and actually like them typing in on the computer and shit down there uh, and okay. whatnot but it's still not my favorite season of that show but I can't think of a lot of other shows like seasons twos <laughs> that I like. I know the storyline right off the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of a thing. It's hard to like. like it's it's a really like like Walking Dead is so iconic because we know the comic book so absolutely. Well. We know the set pieces as they mm-hmm. go along, basically, and they do a good job of transferring us to place to place to place within those seasons. Yeah, and I felt that way about Lost too because we have like a definitive thing that kind of really is what your central focus is around mm-hmm. on most every single one of those, but. A lot of seasons bounce around. Like if I was like, "Oh, True Blood season two. Uh, yeah, I couldn't I'm tell sure you what it was. Sookie's there. <laughs> I'm sure, and I'm sure it was good. Like I, I'm sure. I oh yeah. It. But yeah, I was I was thinking of like The Office or Friends or like one of those like major like comedy shows. Like I couldn't tell you what happens in season two. Um, I think that uh, you I know, think at the beginning of season two of friends is when uh ross confesses everything about how he feels to rachel like for the first time Mm, i got you out on the out on the balcony i think that in season two of the office that jim and pam get together yeah they (laughs) boink i don't know about that um and then i've got a special request uh for anybody out there that can help me I need a season two of something. There's a show called Spoilers that was on Hulu. It was a Hulu original, not a Hulu the original. Kevin Smith show? Yeah, the Kevin Smith show. And you yeah. you can't get season two anywhere. It was made like in some like 
I don't know if it was like a Canadian broadcasted uh, scenario or something, but you can't buy it anywhere. And I need I need somebody to hook me up on the dark web. You can't buy it digitally anywhere? No. I would have really? shelled out for it. Uh, this is available on Hulu. Yeah, it's a lie. Yeah, it's only one season I see on here. Yeah. It's weird. The second season was produced by a different company. Um, and so hmm. I, I, need to, I need somebody on the dark web to, to find it for me. And I don't know if you have to do the dark web. You might be able to uh, sail the high seas of the internet and find some. If you, That's if, the same as the dark web, isn't it? If you catch what I'm... No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't travel to the dark web to sail any kind of high seas. High seas. <laughs> yeah. I Literally just type in the words Pirate Bay and you're there. I don't do it anymore. I got another letter. I don't either. <laughs> I got another letter, so uh, I won't do it. But, uh, yeah. You gotta get you got to get yourself... Uh, a private server. Yeah, that, that seems way, like you're a, all masked. That's a lot of work for me to get the second season of spoilers. Wow, you just got like six or seven bucks from like uh, one of those like VPN, like secure VPN or some shit like that. Not a sponsor, and then uh, <laughs> they'll set you up with everything that you, you like. You go onto the internet and you're automatically in a secure VPN. You just go do whatever naughty bits that you want to do. Whoa, really? Yeah, that's how the how the world works. That's how that's how a virtual private network works. So you can just. You just have to pay a little money, and you can. And there's you give no them like rules. Six, six to seven dollars a month, which you would only have to pay one month to get what you need. That's true. And then it gives you a nice little mask to cover up your internet. <laughs> I like it. What about music? So, like the yeah. sophomore album is music. is the uh, is the sequel of the music industry. I, I do believe. Yeah, bro. Unless it's like this, the the sequel would be like whenever like Foo Fighters is the sequel to Nirvana. Uh, I'm, I'm called, I'm calling a sophomore album. That's what I typed. <laughs> that would be like more of a spinoff. That would be, be really the Jeffersons. Weird. The Foo Fighters that's, is yeah, the Jeffersons like, of Nirvana. That's like what Mother Love Bone, uh, Pearl Jam is yes. the sequel to Mother Love Bone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the sequels are better. Who knows? Definitely are better. Uh, there's a lot of good sophomore albums out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell me one. Uh, we we'll just name a few out here. I'm just going to start yeah. with Spice World. Spice World. Yeah, it's the sequel like, uh, to Spice Girls. To Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's the it's the one that it it coincided with the release of a major uh, theatrical release that I saw in theaters. Um, and you did not. I did. I promise you, I did. This that movie. Let me tell you. I've never watched it, but when I type it in, I'm surprised to see that the box office made $151 million. I saw it twice. For a movie with a budget of $25 million. Do you tell me? I didn't see it twice. That, I was going to say that $151, like 10 bucks US at that time was given to the, to the people for you to go see it twice? I mean... I went with a group of people, I'm sure. I don't know if it was, I no, doubt it was my parents. <laughs> no, you, you didn't. You went by yourself. <laughs> Fucking six-year-old Shad <laughs> went to go watch this by himself. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe there was somebody with me. Maybe they dropped me off. I don't know. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to go see your, this shit. Your dad was just like, he wants to go see it. Just drop that fucking kid off. Let's go do something else. Oh, uh, yeah. Spice did you World. See it, did you see it at the Twin? Yeah, the I did at the Twin? Grand Twin. Yeah, wow. 
<laughs> it, Rip. <laughs> it was a slow. It was a slow week at the Twin. I bet it was. Him and uh, you and Bill Ivy were in there watching it together. <laughs> Only do coin people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, the first one I got on my list is uh, Queens of the Stone Age, rated R. Yeah, absolutely love that album. It's a it's a front to backer for You've me. Got a lot a, of these that I that I typed up are all front to backers. That's right. You got a monster you know I mean. in your parasol. I do. Huh? And uh, I was gonna say six shooter, but six shooters on the next album. I lied. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, that's a good way. Front to backers. Hell Below Me, Stars Above by the Toadies. Uh, by the Toadies. Is, uh, I mean, if you listen to Rubberneck and you get a sense of what the Toadies are and then you kind of know a little bit of the history that they wrote an album and then the record label is like, no, you're not doing that. Um, and then they wrote Hell Below Me, Stars Above. It's like, it's not a different band, but it's a band that is totally changed by that point. Like, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing to like. What if you took a band, and you know their first album is going to be tight and it's going to be good because they've had a lot of time to work on it, and then they write you say go write a second album and they write it and you shelf it and then you say go write a third album. Like, what would happen if more bands did that? And then you release. I mean, they eventually released that that second the true second album, um, yeah. Feeler. I do believe it was called. Uh, yes, but but what if more bands did that? It's like. Those are nice ideas, but we're going to scrap that and you got to go write a third album now and that's going to be your second album. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh Alien Ant Farms like the what was the the last one, not like the Forever one. Oh, the one before that up in the attic? No, the one that the, that one, the one I was just talking about, oh. something in Forever. What is it called? Uh, not now and forever, it's something. It's got an forever, ant in right? it. I think, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll find out. Yeah. No matter what it is, regardless, that one we could tell like half of the album was heavily produced, half of the album wasn't. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't get like they didn't tell them like, hey, scrap all your songs and make an album full of this stuff that's heavily produced, so that way we can get to uh, get to our stuff now. Yeah, exactly. Always and forever. It doesn't have an ant in the name. Always ant forever. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, speaking of Alien Ant Farm, I put Alien Ant Farm True Ant on mine True list. True Ant was, uh, I got slow to that one, but that's I once I warmed up to it, I was like, yeah. As much as I loved Anthology, I feel like I've listened to True Ant more, for sure. I believe you. I, I really, really enjoy it. And again, that's another one of those like front-to-backers yeah. for me. And I remember when it came out, like you, I remember you being hard, heavy into it. Um, yeah. And I just I didn't pick it up like that. And then it took me a while to get around to it. But once I did, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a good front-to-backer there. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about uh, Sam's Town by The Killers. Uh, I liked The Killers, the first album, uh, and then Samstown came out, and I was like, "Oh, this is different." Um, and Sam, way different. Samstown is a front to backer in a great way, and, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if they've really they've done some songs that remind me of that vein uh, since then, but never really revisited that style nearly as much. Their uh, their new single that I heard on uh, on the radio not too long ago, it seems like they've started kind of going down that like eighties, like almost synth wavy yeah. type kind of a, like a type of thing, almost kind of like a, how Muse's last album oh, okay. was all that way. Yeah. Uh, sure. My next one is Incubus Science. Yes. I almost I, I was like I don't really 
this is this is technically yes the sequel, mm-hmm. but this is like really the first big album that most people know and yeah. recognize Incubus for. Um, Sometimes the sequel is the one that puts you on the map. I mean, look at Terminator Two raised the bar for for the Terminator franchise. There was absolutely Terminator, and everybody was like, "Yeah, that was a good movie." But then they're like T Two, it's like, "Oh my gosh!" So like, yeah. sometimes the sequel is the one. Uh, but yeah, science was uh, is great. It's a very big game changer to me because uh, this is what really brought about a lot of. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I have also wrote on here as well are different albums that have kind of shaped the way that I play drums and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And this is really like listening to Jose's style that he plays here. Yeah. And just from that point on and everything has always been like, he's one of my biggest influences as far as like drumming is considered. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, uh, that one, it takes, takes the cake. That's kind of the, one of the winner sequels out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of another sequel album that really kind of put somebody on the map, uh, Funds, Some Nights, uh, was kind of the... Amen Ignite obviously existed. And there, were, there was a small, I think, kind of pocket of people who knew who Fun was. Uh, I didn't know who they were until Some Nights came out. And, Me either. And uh, We Are Young. And uh, mm-hmm. I just listened to it, both of those albums back-to-back recently, and I was like, man, why haven't they made more music? Uh, but yeah, some nights is wonderful front to backer there. Mm-hmm. My next front to backer is Twenty One Pilots' Vessel. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, another one of those that a lot of people didn't mm-hmm. know of Twenty One Pilots until this album came out. Yep. But technically, it is their sophomore album. Uh, this is what they first got big with with uh, Car Radio, yep. Guns for Hands, and yeah, Guns for Hands and stuff like that on there. Yeah, really, really solid album. Yeah, I uh, it would be quite some time before I would actually go back and give the first album, the self titled, uh, a lot of time of day. But that's a it's a good album. It's different. It, it really is. It's got a very like a uh, musical like uh, like a stage that's, presence to the it. only the, like the only word that I can tell people is like if you go back and you listen to that very first album. I say like this is a very theatrical yeah, theatrical album. That's the word yeah like front to like front to back it's like all like it starts off just like very like almost sing songy like mm-hmm. it isn't a musical like you said but it's like full on theatrical yeah Yo. puts a lot of himself into it for sure absolutely uh, the probably arguably the best sophomore album that we'll talk about uh, or at least well known uh, would be Nirvana's Nevermind is their mm-hmm. sophomore album a uh, little little bit of Baby in the Pool. And smells like Teen Spirit and uh, everything else that's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Foo Fighters, The Caller in the Shape. Yeah. That's a, uh, a good time. Trying to finish up my list. I don't want to bore people with uh, giant right. lists. <laughs> uh, Paramore's Riot album is their second album. Uh, that was kind of my, my reintroduction to Paramore. I, I listened to the first album, but uh, Riot came out and I was like, oh, this is, this is different more more uh more uh energy into it that i really dug quite a bit i got uh system of a down toxicity yes yes yes. this is obviously what made them big they were slightly big before i think with you know like spiders and stuff Mm -hmm. and sugar uh was on a lot of rock stations and and whatnot but not not as much as what you would get from like chop suey yeah what made them like fucking blow off absolutely yeah, that was crazy. Uh, a couple of kind of more on the pop side of things. We've got Bruno Mars's uh, Unorthodox Jukebox. Daddy Pop! Uh, <laughs> we got Halsey's Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. Um, and the- Unorthodox Jukebox was his second album? Yeah. 
That album's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that album. And then, uh, of course, we have Tenacious D's Pick of Destiny. Is uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Is their sophomore album uh, that came with a movie, even. Uh, and they then, uh, probably one of my most uh, influential albums that is a sophomore album would be Freak Show, Silverchair. Yes, that was, absolutely. That was... Uh, I had Freak Show on my list too. Uh, one of the more recent ones that I, you know, in the last couple of years that I've talked about a few times on the podcast is uh, Death from Above, 1979's sophomore album, The Physical World. Yeah, uh, that is such a just a great driving, almost borderline like surf rock in mm-hmm. times and stuff. But it's such a fucking solid album, front to back. I listened to it so many times recently. Uh, I have Say Anything sophomore album in defense of the genre. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, and then the last one that I have on my list is uh, Childish Gambino's, which is Because of the Internet. Yeah. With uh, 3005 on there. Good good ones. Those are good pulls. I like Thanks. that. I forgot all about Say Anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, comic books. We got a, a couple of them. There's some, some sequels out there. And uh, some that are sequels to movies, uh, like Fight Club 2, and then in, in also Fight Club 3 in that. Uh, so mm-hmm. the, those series have been uh, produced by Dark Horse. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk is, writes those. Um, and they've, I read the first, I read Fight Club 2, uh, and it was yeah. really good. I enjoyed that. Did you read, get a chance to read that? I've never got to read three. I have two. You have I've two. read it. It's it's a great, yeah. great movie or a great almost a movie. It, I did <laughs> it would a be a great like, movie. It's a great movie. It's it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it reads like a movie. It's fucking great. How awesome would it be? Like I I feel like we could definitely still get Edward Norton and Brad Pitt to do. And, I and, bet they would absolutely. And Helena Bonham Carter could all just like get together and do a Fight Club two, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Who uh, who directed that? Uh, Do you remember? I think it's Fincher. Is it Fincher? I think so. I remember. I'll find uh, out. Super Mario Brothers 2. I know that was a webcomic, uh, but it was the follow-up to the movie Super Mario Brothers. Um, I enjoyed the the webcomic. It was, it was... Yeah, David Fincher. It was a Fincher. Cool. He's the dude that did uh, Seven, and uh, I think he's Memento as well. Oh, okay. Those are good. So, no, he's not Memento. He's Seven, Fight Club, Gone Girl, Zodiac, and then the uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo movie. Gone Girl is well. Ben Affleck. Yes. Okay. Gone Girl is Ben Affleck. <laughs> he is the he is the Gone Girl. <laughs> uh, um, and now, currently, we have a Napoleon Dynamite sequel comic that's going on. A sequel to the movie once again. Um, and that's been good. I read the first couple of issues. I dropped off uh, after that. And I was like, I'll wait for the trade. Uh, but did he did he give Tina ham? He, I'm sure he did. In the comic? He definitely fed Tina. I don't know what he what he fed good. her, but he had to feed Tina. Um, and then uh, the only true sequel that I could even muster up in my brain uh, of a comic book was The Dark Knight Strikes Again, which was uh, Frank Miller's uh, follow up to The Dark Knight. Uh, it's just called the Dark Knight. No, the Dark Knight uh, Rises. Returns. 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 Oh my gosh, uh, brain fart. Uh, yeah. So Dark Knight Strikes Again, which is uh, probably the weirdest of the Frank Miller Dark Knight series. A um, little bit more wonky in its in its storytelling. Uh, really wonky. Uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of uh, is it Carol? Kara? I don't know. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman's daughter uh, is a major mm. presence in there. Along with a very uh, pink and green uh, Batwoman suit that Carrie Kelly 
uh, wares, which I'm, I'm not in love with. But uh, nonetheless, it is a comic book sequel, and it is worth noting. Nice, nice. Uh, what about some video games? Uh, got a couple. Uh, we'll start. We'll start light. We'll start light with Frogger Two: Swampy's Revenge. Ooh, this came out on PC. Came out deep cut. Came out on PlayStation <laughs> One, I do believe. Uh, probably on maybe on an Xbox or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, but I remember playing it on PC, and I currently own it for my PlayStation. Uh, Frogger nice. Two. I've always been a Frogger fan. Frogger 2 Mm -hmm. took it to a whole different level. There was a storyline that went with it. There was a giant uh, alligator in the swamp named Swampy, and Mm -hmm. he was pissed because Frogger had hopped on his head too many times. And uh, so he took all the baby frogs, and you got to go find them. Uh, The tadpoles? That's the just. No, like baby. There's like, you know, you got to find like the pink, the blue, the yellow, and all the like Mm -hmm. little frogs at the end. Yeah, they just scatter them around. But you would think that they would look like tadpoles. You would think they're just because those are baby frogs. That is, that's true. These are more more mature than that baby of a frog, more like a teen frog. They're mm. teen frogs. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so Frogger two small piece of. It's a much missed opportunity from Michael J. Fox back in the eighties. <laughs> teen Frog, the spinoff to Teen Wolf. Absolutely. Uh, I'll start off light as well. Street Fighter two. <laughs> That's my fighting noise. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's one of the many fighting noises that you'll hear in Street Fighter 2. Uh, we got a lot of uh, returning characters along with uh, some brand new ones here, too. We got uh, your classic 8, but we've also added in like Blanca, uh, Dazlim, uh trying to think of who else was there. Balrog, <laughs> who's the, the boxer guy. Uh, by far, this is my favorite uh 2D fighting game uh, outside of uh, like a Smash Brothers like, but there's nothing. I mean, this is like an actual arcade fighting yeah. game. You know what I mean? In that traditional sense, I wanted to put uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, like the Championship mm, Edition, mm-hmm. which is like technically like the third or fourth iteration of Street Fighter 2. But <laughs> wow. uh, I just went Street Fighter 2 Classic. Classic. Yeah. You're classic. Uh, J- you are. Jack 2, uh, the Daxter and J- Jack and Daxter sequel uh, <laughs> that, uh, that finds us in the middle of a city, and we kind of have a different gameplay that's a little bit more uh, like uh, Grand Theft Auto. We've talked about this game before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. You can go it wasn't not too long ago, I don't feel like either. Probably was not. It? I don't know why we were talking about it, but we were. Um, but yeah, Jack 2, you can go get it right now. There's a remastered edition on the PS4 on the store. Um, you can go get it. Now, I wish you would go get it along with Silent Hill 2. Mm. My favorite horror game of all time, uh, sequel to Silent Hill. <laughs> we get to play as Chris going back to Silent Hill trying to find his daughter. And it is a fucking horrible, horrible time trying to find this kid. Uh, the introduction of Pyramid Head. Uh, oh, in the series, nice. so uh, we get to see him uh, for the first time, kind of dragging his giant sword around, and then like one of the first close encounters that you get with him is when you're hiding in a closet, and you get to see him taking one of the gross other monsters and like fucking it. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. I've only seen the movie, the first movie. I haven't even seen the second one, uh, but I yeah. do remember a pyramid head in that movie. I do believe. Yes, he's uh, it's it's a really weird, disturbing scene. Like, there's no, you don't see any penetration. It's like just grinding, movement. but you kind of know what's going on because it's like, it's not even like one of the nurse characters. I don't think it's like it looks like one of those nurse characters that doesn't have any clothing on, 
and it's just like contorted in some like <laughs> weird way and shape and he just like picks it up and starts like humping it. Oh. It's like really gross and horrifying to watch, but it's 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 such a great game. <laughs> Eventually, if you if you if you uh, go down into the depths of where uh, Pyramid Head's lair is at, you can actually find his blade, and you can actually have it as a weapon. Oh, that's cool! But it takes like a full, not even joking, solid like almost a minute and a half to actually like have your character pick it up and slash <laughs> it because it's so heavy. Yeah. But it's like a one hit kill on anything if you can manage to do oh, it. Okay, that's neat. Uh, Batman Arkham City. Uh, I thought this uh, this concept was really cool. Just as a story, it, it didn't have to be a video game. Uh, it could have been any a movie. It could have been a, a TV show. It could have been a comic book. Uh, it was a comic book. I guess they did. It already was that. a movie, though. There was there was an Arkham City movie. Uh, it's called Escape from New York. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, but having this in a video game is awesome because it was, you know, we we had an open world with, uh, or kind of an open world, I guess, with uh, with Arkham Asylum. But then Arkham City opens up the whole kind of sectioned off area of Gotham to be able to play in and do so many different missions and kind of hop around as Batman. Yeah, uh, the gameplay. I love is super all the cool. side stuff in yeah. those games too. Like uh, the Riddler trophies are always fun to do because mm-hmm. it has like a lot of different you know thought that you have to put into actually getting them, but a lot of the other side like sequences like you don't have to do mad hatter Mm storyline but it's in there for you to go do and stuff if you want to it's not necessarily like it's not like a main story thing but it's really a good game i like that i like that approach to games like i feel like um Oh, what's it? Uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn has the same kind of approach mm-hmm. to it. Spider, the new Spider-Man game has the same approach to where it's mm-hmm. like there's all this stuff that you can do. You can just stick to the path, or you can do all these other things. And I enjoy that kind of gameplay because. Did you ever play Infamous, like Second Son? Or um, I started one of them, and then I, I don't think I got very far into it because I just kind of lost interest in it. I think honestly, I, I played through Infamous Second Son. It was like one of the first PS4 titles okay. that I got, and it's the same people that make uh, that made the Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. It's in insomniac uh but it's it's a really really solid game and it's that same like open world exploration side missions and stuff and it's really cool because that character has the ability to basically mimic and pull other abilities into himself so he doesn't have just like one superpower he gets like a bunch of different ones but you can't hold them all at the same time i think i got maybe like I don't know if I quite got to like an hour point with that game, but I kind of I didn't get to an open world type. I was still kind of following the main setup, I think, and yeah. I kind of just really lost interest. Just in it. weird, like unique abilities, like the laser ability that you get in there. Like once you actually like pick up neon from like a neon sign mm-hmm. or something like that, you get that ability, and you just like literally can like you see like a neon light trail following you. You can zoom up, That's like cool. run up buildings vertically. Uh, you can shoot like the neon out of your hands and shit. And then there's another ability that makes you like kind of flutter across places and you can get like a, it makes it's like from paper. Oh, nice. So you can like pick up boxes or whatever and absorb it. And you like can flutter across different places like paper. Just flutter. Got a little flutter. Just a little bit of flutter. <laughs> uh, I put down half-life two. Uh, I played half-life two before I played half-life one. <laughs> I have gone back and played half-life one. It is a, a solid game, but it is dated. It is, uh, it is very much, it, it all came around that same time. Uh, the end of the nineties, so like mm-hmm. 98, 99, whenever we were getting like Deus Ex for the first time. And it's, it's a very much that genre of game. Uh, 
but Half-Life 2 is such a cool, unique story, and it is a very linear path that you're following down and out whatnot, but the scope and scale of everything that you're in in these like linear maps uh, is still allows you to do like a certain amount of exploration, and this is what really introduced that first... Uh, that first uh, physics engine that you would get from uh, most of the Valve games from that moment going forward. So like Half-Life 2, Portal, all of these things would kind of generate all off the same engine. Um, and, and the physics of everything is really, really awesome to just kind of play with. You could be in a level of that game and just pick up something with a gravity gun, throw it at something else and see how it like uniquely reacts. Cause not no, there are no two things that will move and act the same when they're like toppling over. Gotcha. They all have their own unique specific physics and it's really cool. Huh. Very cool. Uh, ending mine, uh, would be kingdom hearts too. It couldn't be a show without mentioning kingdom hearts. Uh, and this kind of changes the ball game in in the Kingdom Hearts world. The gameplay changes a little bit. Get a little bit more uh, intricate thing going on there. Uh, we get new worlds introduced. Obviously, we kind of see how this story is going to shape up. It really starts to become more than just this one dimensional storyline that uh, they had no idea was actually going to be this when they wrote Kingdom Hearts One. Um, even though they pretend like they do sometimes. Uh, you start to you start to get all the Norded things yes things are getting norted left and right <laughs> we realize that there's something going on with this character named xehanort um there might be something to it uh yeah so that is that's my my number one sequel of the video games nice uh i'll rapid fire through the yeah. rest of mine real quick portal 2 yeah diablo 2 uh smash brothers melee Oh yeah, best in the series to me still. I love Melee. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Two is also on mine. God of War Two, I loved that one so much. I haven't gotten to play that yet, but I would probably uh, agree. Halo Two, uh, still to me, definitively like one of the best parts of the storyline. Starting off like in the big city and stuff, and you can actually kind of open world uh, that big massive city in. Uh, oh, okay, it's in Africa. I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's like Numamba or something like that. Whatever city it is. Uh, Resident Evil 2. Wait, Halo takes place in like the real world? Yeah, Earth. I didn't know that. I thought that yeah, it was like, like some like spacey it, thing. It is, but I mean like Earth is like the whole... It exists the whole though, point, Earth exists. The whole point of uh, the combat that is happening between the humans and like the Marines and the, the Spartans and the, the Covenant, the alien race, uh -huh. is because... Uh, we're trying to get them to not know where our home world is, and we're trying to protect uh, Earth at all cost. I did not know because, this like, that's story. what Halo Three actually is like: fight, uh, the finish the fight, and save Earth. Because at the end of Halo Two, they know of the existence of Earth. Huh? And there's actually like a giant super weapon that was actually built thousands mm -hmm. and thousands and thousands of years ago in the Earth that they're trying to open up and use. Interesting. Yeah, didn't know any of that. Uh, Resident Evil 2 and uh, my last one is Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty nice yes very cool the, thanks Justin there's a, cool. there's a sequel we forgot to talk about what it's Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo oh how could I forget Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo I know it is like one of the best sequels that ever existed I I can't think of a better one let's Let's dive into it. Let's let's just. I want to tell you a little bit about Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. Okay. Is uh, 
I, I really don't know that I want to hear about it until I know. Is Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie? No. Yeah, he is. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I didn't see him at all in it. He's breakdancing in the background, and he's. this is like one of the first movies he ever did. Yeah, I didn't even see him. Yeah, I'll find a, I'll find a little clippy of it, and I'll, I'll send it to you to see. <laughs> <laughs> is that the whole reason why I watched this movie? Was because of Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a, a break dance uh, fight at one point in time, and he's in the background like clapping and dancing in spandex. There is definitely a break dance fight. Um, I see. I see this. Uh, this. Uh, there's a world GIF famous GIF of it. You see him clapping? Yeah, I see it, but I don't remember him being in there. It was yeah. uh, nobody. He didn't do much of anything. I can tell you that. Oh no, he's not. He's not a character. I mean, he's he didn't just even, a background actor. He wasn't even a standout background actor. Actually, no, that, that's all I'm saying. He's he was literally as background as background could get. But this is his first like big credited role thing in in that's the U.S. Funny. Uh, the the weird thing is is that I don't even know when this movie came out. But uh, eighty three or eighty four. I I, I looked up because I could have swore that Chris Pratt was in this movie. Uh, eighty four. And then I realized that there's no way that Chris Pratt could have been in this movie. He would have been a baby. <laughs> uh, but it looked just like him. There's a hospital scene. Uh, and I was like, that guy in the wheelchair looks exactly like a young Chris Pratt. Uh, wow. It, it must be it, but it wasn't. Wow. Turns out it wasn't. It wasn't him. Uh, Why do they call it a break into electric boogaloo show? Uh, well, I'm assuming that there's a break in one, but I didn't watch it. Uh, there is. It's just called breaking <laughs> they didn't call it breaking one they didn't no. anticipate that they were going to get a sequel before they even no. it. could you imagine could you imagine uh well breaking to electric boogaloo um i think that they just put the electric boogaloo on the back end because it had a nice uh little vibe to the the rhyming of it there to boogaloo um yeah yeah for sure that has to be it because otherwise i have no idea why uh, there was a electric. This is a this is like a movie that would start dozens of uh, trends for sitcoms and cartoons and different things like that that would come down the pike years and years and years from that. This is the this is, this this is, is the why plot of this the plot of this movie is what started a lot of that shit. Absolutely, uh, this like is a also developer like, trying to bulldoze down your shit, and yes. you're like, we're gonna stop it. And then you know what I mean? Like, it's, there's so many things that have started, and I think this is actually like this is what this started is the first one. Yeah, uh, I can tell you that one. the The guy who plays one of our main characters, Turbo, his name is Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. Uh, so there's a boogaloo there, but then also the title track of the soundtrack is called electric boogaloo and it's electric boogaloo, electric boogaloo, mm-hmm. something like that, um, by Ollie and Jerry. And, uh, it reached number 45 on the R and B charts. Would you believe me if I told you that the first thing that, uh, Michael Chambers acted in was breaking one was, was nope. Lionel Richie's video for all night long. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Turbo's kind of, he was a younger guy by that point, so he, he had a pretty good career already. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that but, was one year before breaking. 
gotcha. Uh, so, I, first thing, there's an opening theme, as there typically are oh. in movies like this. Uh, I noticed that they do like some zoom ins on people while they're uh, while they're break dancing, and when you zoom in on like a body part when somebody's break dancing, it just looks really weird. Like if you just like have a camera on somebody's arm while they're yeah. break dancing, it just it's kind of odd. Um, it doesn't you don't get the I like full... a good thigh while I'm break dancing. <laughs> I like just chicken out the thigh. I found out that break dancing really requires like you need to see the whole show and not just like one yeah. little scene of it. Uh, but essentially we've got, I, like I said, don't know what breaking one's like, but we got our main character, special K or Kelly for the people that aren't uh, familiar with her. Uh, Oh, Hey, I just found out another fact. What is it? Would you believe me if I told you that breaking and breaking two came out in the same year? Oh, really? A mere seven months apart from each other. <laughs> wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. You couldn't pull that off now. One is in, uh, well, I could have been wrong on my math. One's in May and one's in December. This was a, Breaking 2 is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that it was made in such a rushed amount of time. You wouldn't know that Breaking 2 was a Christmas movie. <laughs> and you also would not have any clue that it was a Christmas movie. Um, but uh, our special K, uh, she and her friends Ozone and Turbo uh, are, are break dancers. Uh, she works at the chorus line. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, she's coming home. She just got, uh, got done. Her gig at the chorus line ended, and so she comes back home. She's, her parents are loaded. Uh, but she's hanging out in the slums, but she's got rich, she's got some of them rich parents. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so they're kind of urging her, like, you need to go to college. That's what you need to do. And she's like, I want to help with miracles, which is the, the, uh, little, the home, uh, where all the, the troubled kids go. And that's where she goes and does all her dancing with turbo and ozone. And, uh, they help run miracles. And so, uh, I, I'm watching this and I go, man, I wish I could wear a crop top. Because uh, <laughs> they wear a lot of crop tops, uh, but they can pull it off, and I don't think my belly can can do that. I don't think that mine idea. could not. <laughs> mine would stick out so far. Uh, uh, another fun fact: Lucinda Dickey, who played Special K, starred in six movies total of her career. Oh wow! Can you guess what two of them are? <laughs> I'm guessing breaking one and two. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Um, and so the, the sound mix is awful on this movie. Like you can barely tell who's talking and, uh, and it all kind of blends in with the background sound. So that's probably the thing that feels the most rushed is the sound mix is just horrible in this movie. Uh, but so we, we go on a, a little song and dance for no reason. They got dancing mm-hmm. mailman in this thing. They got dancing old ladies. They got dancing construction workers. Everybody dances in this movie. They all get excited. They have a song. Um, it's, it's interesting. They throw carpet in the streets. I never seen carpet in the street unless it was just thrown out. Uh, but they lay down these nice rugs just in the middle of the, the uh, intersection and they just go dancing on it. And uh, uh, dude, I, I love to throw down a nice rug. <laughs> uh so yeah the the thing that was the most bizarre though is uh there's a rival dance crew uh that feels like uh ozone and turbo and the boys have uh they've gotten a little soft because they're running miracles and the boys 
Uh, they got a little soft because they're running miracles now. They're not like on the streets dancing uh, competitions and whatnot. And uh, and so the uh, the competing or the the uh, challenging uh, dancing people uh, do a nice nunchuck break dance, uh, which I've never seen before. That was a first, uh, as well as some dance fighting. Uh, which is real interesting because they dance around each other real close, but never touch. Except for one time, Ozone pushed a guy into the hood of a car. Uh, he's a, he's a BA like that. Um, BA Baracus. And then uh, one of the, another highlight, uh, Turbo. He's a younger fella. He asks Ozone about uh, about how to how to get uh, with a lady, how to how to meet up with them, how to ask them out on a date and whatnot. And they have this weird dance around a full-size lady doll um, that they both uh, fight over and then end up splitting in half. It was kind of weird. Um, it happened. Okay. And then, for some reason, I don't know if I fell asleep or they didn't do a great job of telling us, but Turbo, our friend Turbo, uh, yeah. ends up in the hospital. Um, oh. Yeah. and uh, You don't know how, though? I can't remember how. or I they didn't get the polio? I blocked it out, or I got... I like my my pin fell off my desk and I bent down and I sat back up and he was in the hospital. I think the problem is that you were watching it at your desk instead of on like in the living room on like a big TV. Oh uh, yeah. I was, I was watching over here and I was uh-huh. most likely doing something I felt was more important over here. Uh, okay. <laughs> but then they had a, they had a great hospital dance scene with a young, uh, Chris Pratt, uh, in there. And, uh, <laughs> And that was cool, but I felt like it was very unsanitary for everybody to be dancing together um, in the middle of the hospital. But I feel like that happens a lot. Um, it does. It's just most of it's undocumented. That's true. That's where the majority of your money goes to. <laughs> it's all those dance classes for the nurses. Yeah. Um, while all of this, these shenanigans are happening, there's a rich dude. He wants to buy miracles. And he's, and the city owns the miracles. And they're like, you're behind on your payments. So this rich guy's going to buy it. And uh, and he's gross. Uh, he's he's got white hair. You know how I feel about people with white hair. And uh, and then uh, he wants to buy it. And they say, no, we're gonna we're gonna blast it all over. We're gonna tell the news Ooh. about it. If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna buy this, we're gonna tell the news that you're putting kids what's on the his, street. What's the what's the guy's name? Uh, I don't know. Old old white haired guy. Is it is it uh, Mr. Douglas? Kirk Douglas. Mr. Douglas? I don't know. Was that the character's name? That's it's difficult to say. Okay. Is it <laughs> Mr. Douglas? <laughs> it could be, now that you say it. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> uh but yeah, so he's gonna buy it and then finally they're just like, you know what we gotta do? We gotta dance. Oh. We gotta dance to save this thing. And so they do. That's what they do. And um and the the rich the rich guy he comes in and he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna bulldoze this and they're like we're dancing for a fundraiser and then they call the news and they're like this guy wants to bulldoze down our place but we're just trying to have a dance fundraiser and they're like well that's very shameful of you old rich man and he's like oh I didn't mean to do that and they talk him into donating ten thousand dollars and then um, uh, special case parents who don't approve of her dancing they want her to go to college they go she's happy this is where she needs to be and they donate a bunch of money and they raise enough money to save miracles it was a miracle to save miracles and it was all because of special k and ozone and turbo but first and foremost 
It was all because of Sam Furstenberg. Chat, I've now developed a new game that we will play on another episode, all centering around Sam Furstenberg. He is the director of both uh, both Breaking films, and uh, he started in 1980 directing movies and uh, such classics as uh, Operation Delta Force, Cyborg Cop Two, American Samurai. And American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. Uh, so I think we should do an I Plot Wrong just centered all <laughs> <It's> around just... <laughs> Sam Furstenberg's nice. movies. <laughs> all right. I'm in. I'm in. I love it. All right. But until then, how about we play a little game? What game? We'll play a little play a little the sequel game. game. We'll play a, uh, what, we, what we like to call Getting to Know You for our birth anniversary 2. Electric Boogaloo. Does anybody see what we did there? We used no. the the number two and the word T-O-2 interchangeably. Could you, Could you beat them over the head with it a little more? <laughs> uh, this is a game we've played before. We play it uh, for holidays and for any specials that we feel like we want to whip it out for. Kwanzaa. Yeah, why not? Uh, so we're going to do it for Birthversary 2. And uh, this is going to be... Since May is our birth anniversary month and month and will always be the IFNZ birth anniversary mm-hmm. month. It's the birth my birth brand, month. and it's it's not the birth. It's not your birth month. <laughs> May is. Oh yeah, it is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? No, it's not. It's April. It's not. I promise. I forgot. Um, I'm 34. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, this is going to be the getting to know you May edition. Uh, so everybody who's playing along at home i don't know how you're going to play along at home uh, i guess you could find the game board tell me about and uh and play along with us uh, and some die and and a little and a little die maybe a game piece or two and uh we're gonna go through this so we've got our our dice uh thing we're gonna you know we gotta we gotta get to the finish line um, first one there wins, I guess, if we have a winner. Really, it's just about getting to know each other, getting to know each other. Uh, right. You want to get the first roll on this? Uh, sure. All right. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to go. I'm shaking it. All right. Three. All right. What is your... Move f- me three. What is something you do to stay healthy in May? Uh, in May, typically, it's getting to be that that season Beach where body. you may... May flowers, yeah, beach bodies just around the corner. So uh, my favorite uh, thing to do to get in shape and kind of get that beach body work on is uh, to bike. I really like biking. A lot. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. I've, I've always been an avid biker. I don't own a bicycle now, <laughs> but I uh, I want one, and that should count because I really do thoroughly enjoy biking. That's I, that was going to be my next question. I'm like, oh, do you have a bike? Not so I much. don't. Not right now. Uh, all right. Mine is my favorite book in May. Um, what did you roll? Oh, it was a five. Sorry. Oh, so you're further than me. Five. Favorite book in May. In May. I do have the lead. Um, hmm. What am I going to... My favorite <laughs> book in May. Um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to plug uh, Lucifer uh, issue one of the Sandman universe. This guy right here. Because it's sitting, he's got a big beard. It's sitting on my desk, yeah, and he's holding up a sign that says "We'll send for food." Um, that's the next. Oh. That's the next thing I'm going to be reading on my to read pile. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be good. I haven't read Lucifer yet. I'm actually you got like 
two weeks yeah. left. I think I'll well, make it. By the time this comes out, you'll have a week left. I started reading uh, the Sandman universe uh, stuff finally that I've been I've been getting it all along, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm finally getting through it, and it's been really good so far. So Lucifer is my next book on the line. So we'll say that's my favorite book in May, and maybe just the Sandman universe in general is my favorite book in May. Cool. Uh, I rolled a one. <laughs> all right. What is your favorite May sport? My favorite May sport is uh with with uh the current backstreet boys tour that's going on right now and by backstreet boys tour i mean covid19 uh yes my favorite may sport is cornhole uh that is actually uh being televised for the uh the championships of cornhole on ESPN. Oh, I thought it was uh, like cornhole, like Q Q U, like cornhole, like quarantine hole, like cornhole. No, 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 no cornhole. I thought somebody like made up a the, specific you, sport. You throw, for you're throwing the bean bags in the hole. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's the only sport technically right now that can be televised because they are able to play it in uh, at a safe distance from one another <laughs> with like masks on. Yeah, and uh, they only need like three to four people there to kind of preside over everything. So minimal people yeah. in within that space and everything. And uh, I watched a, a little bit of it not too long ago on the ESPNs. And I think that's my favorite May sport. I dig it. Uh, I rolled a four. Uh, God damn it. So I got my favorite type of pie for May. Um, hmm. Favorite pie. I'm not a big pie person. Uh, my favorite pie at any time is gonna be uh, air pie. You, you guessed it, uh, chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, nice. I like a good chocolate crust with like a peanut butter, uh, like a like a what do you call that when it's kind of got like a cream cheesy to it, like a a filling. Yeah, like a cre- like a peanut buttery cream cheese kind of filling to it. Uh, cool. It's good. I'm gonna be done with that now. Uh, I rolled a four as well. All right, something that makes you happy in May. Uh, in May, it is not going back to work because I'm there now. Uh, <laughs> is it your birthday? Right no, I, I honestly, it's it's always the same. I like being with my family. Yeah. I like being with my wife and my baby. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. She's she's growing up really fast, and it's awesome to watch her grow up. and And I always love that. That's my that's my favorite May thing. Nice. Um, I rolled a one and it is something I know about elephants in May. Okay. Um, I, in May, I know that they don't forget only in May though. Yeah. I mean, that's what I know specifically in May is that elephants never forget. Good. I have rolled a four again. Oh, look at you moving ahead of me. You are, what is your favorite season in May? Uh, my favorite season in May is season four of Fuck That's Delicious <laughs> on Vice. Good job. Uh, that has started. So that's that's my favorite season. That's a good pull. I, yeah. I'm glad that you went off the beaten path there. Uh, I rolled a four again. Fours are our number, even though it should be a two. Uh, be. My favorite food in May. Um, I will tell you that I've been obsessed with pizza. Um, I know it's not a May thing specifically, but uh, I've been consuming a lot of the za lately. Uh, all yeah, ty- we have two. All types everywhere. 
Uh, I get it from anywhere that I can find it. I will I will be like, I'll get it from Casey's, and then I'll get it from Pizza Pasta Express. I got a pizza from Mellow Mushroom over the weekend. It was really delicious. Um, I think I've only had Mellow Mushroom once, maybe. I recommend it stuff. more than once. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, so pizza is definitely my, my favorite May food. I've rolled a one. Um you are also going to get, oh, here you go. It's going to be your favorite pizza for May. <laughs> My favorite pizza for May is, uh, is, a, is a deep pan pizza that is light on the sauce, extra cheese, and as many pepperonis as you can possibly fit on it. <laughs> I do like, like I want I yeah. want my mouth to hurt because there's so many pepperonis on it. I like that. That's a that's a good a good pizza. Thank you. Uh, I drew a one, and by drew I mean rolled, um, <laughs> and that'll be uh, oh god an ad <laughs> something that makes me nervous in May. Uh, I'm that would be that Backstreet Boys tour is what's making me nervous in May. <laughs> I think that Backstreet Boys tour is making everybody nervous in May. I rolled a five. All right. What is your favorite movie in May? My favorite movie in May? Yeah. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Probably uh, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I rolled a six. Damn. Uh, something that makes me sad in May. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be that Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Boys tour. <laughs> it's the best thing you thought of all night. <laughs> I rolled a one. All right. Uh, by the way, I am ahead of you, but only by two. Okay. Something you are proud of in May. I am proud of... Uh, let's see. What am I proud of? I'm proud of what we've been able to accomplish in this time uh, at home. I've gotten a lot of different things done. We've got it out of our hall closet completely. I've got uh, the bottom section of the hall closet. I'm actually going to make into Betty's. Uh, I'm going to make her a like a book nook. Nice. Kind of go in there and chill and stuff. I've got stuff ordered and on the way here to kind of finish that out. Uh, we've repainted our dining room table completely. We've got a, we, we've ordered two brand new couches for the living room. Nice. Um, like the actual first big brand new couches that I've ever owned. Yeah. Uh, cause I've never actually bought a brand new couch. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so we've ordered two new couches and stuff. We've just got a lot of, uh, cool things that we've been accomplishing. So nice. I'm proud that we've, we've been accomplishing. Cool. You've been accomplishing. I like it. Uh, I rolled a one, which would be the favorite fruit. I'm going to go chocolate-covered banana because uh, that's the fruit I've been consuming the most is a nice dark chocolate-covered frozen banana. You say favorite fruit? Yeah. But is it specifically a chocolate-covered banana? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a dark frozen dark chocolate-covered banana. You peel it, and it comes out already covered in dark chocolate. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's wild. It's something Only the you, peel is covered in dark chocolate. The banana on the inside's solid you've never seen anything like this before oh god <laughs> it's the greatest banana ever stewie's back <laughs> stewie trump uh i rolled a two all right um what's something that makes you sad in may uh uh cabbage uh-huh. it always makes me sad i fucking hate cabbage it's it's, a, it's a, i like it but i understand <laughs> 
Uh, favorite animal in May? Hmm. Let's see. This one's difficult. So, oh, I know what mine is. <laughs> if I land on that, if I, I know land on that, I'm so fucking ready. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. What is? What's my favorite animal in May? I think it's turtles on a log. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've seen a picture of that recently. <laughs> I think my yeah I mean I outside of my my home animal I feel like uh, that is the only other animal I've seen recently besides a deer that tried to run out in front of my car. Um, so turtles. I hope for no no discernitive reason that's the picture that you choose for the album <laughs> cover for this episode is just turtles on a log. <laughs> turtles on a log. <laughs> Everybody's just like I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I rolled a four. Oh, you know what? What's your favorite animal in May? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we're tied. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, red panda. <laughs> What's a red panda? You don't know what a red panda is? I don't think so. Oh, look it up. Do I need to they're, Google this? They're thing? adorable. That's actually my favorite animal. It's my it's my it's my go to animal every month. <laughs> no, okay. I was gonna say not just in May. <laughs> no, I love it. Huh? Let's see. Red panda. Oh, it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a fox and a panda had friends together. Uh huh. Had friends together. A fox, a panda, and a raccoon had a three-way. Yeah, that's wild. Uh huh. I love it. They have them at the they have them at the zoo in St. Louis. Next time you go, uh, check them out. They're pretty awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I'm not a big zooer, but I, I that's that'd be cool to see. I'm excited to take Betty to the zoo. We still haven't got to take her yet. All right, uh, it's my turn. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, I said sir like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I also have an ad, though I felt like I paid for this thing. Why is it giving me I, ads? I don't know why. I didn't want to pay for it because it says like the premium for this app is like you pay like $16 a year. And I was just like, fuck that. I thought I paid like 99 cents one time, but maybe that was on a different phone. Uh, yeah. I rolled a four. I'm on favorite vegetable. Um, I don't know why they're trying to. I'm I'm really trying to get food off my mind. Uh, I'm trying to watch what I eat because, as I previously mentioned, pizza has been my favorite food in May. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but favorite vegetable. Let's see. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go with uh, <gasps> tomatoes because the Aww. sauce is delicious on the pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been good. Are olives vegetables? Are olives vegetables? Yeah. yeah, I guess technically. I would choose an olive, I think. Cucumber. I rolled a two. A two? Uh, that'll put you on your favorite number in May. My favorite number That's in cool. May is 69. <laughs> all, all year round? No, just in May. Oh, okay. Uh, I rolled a three, which is going to get me my favorite hobby uh, in May, and... Uh, I gotta say that this May, my favorite hobby has definitely been, which I guess you call it a hobby, has been uh, working on music. I've been uh, doing a lot of music work and reorganizing uh, my 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 music catalog of things I write and whatnot, and uh, that's been very exciting for me. So I guess uh, my music has been my favorite hobby in May, and all months most likely. I have rolled one, sir. Oh, you are not gonna win. No. Uh, something that you like about school in May. <laughs> uh, it's non-existent. <laughs> right, I rolled a six, which puts me uh, at the finish line. Okay. Congratulations on winning. Thanks. I'm really proud of you. It was a pleasure to, to spend that time with you. 
Oh, I'm glad we got to to know each other too. Uh, I felt like we did. We we got to know each other some more than we did even. Mm-hmm. We, I'm glad you know what red pandas are now. I, that's probably the biggest takeaway um, <laughs> from tonight. <laughs> um, now, folks, we're gonna play um, a, a, a a game that we have made famous. Um, fan favorite it's one that i personally am most proud of i think i i love the the through the decade series and i think it's a close second but i plot wrong is probably one of my favorite games to play with you uh because you've got a you've got an imagination that compares to no other um and you've got a you've got a, a wit about you when it comes to eyeballing these uh these here posters uh, okay so we're gonna we're gonna play we got a, a list of this is the sequel edition, mind you, of I Plot Wrong. Um, I guess I should probably pull up um, some sort of... What if I've seen one of these movies? You just got to tell me about it. I okay. actually have seen uh, a couple of these movies also, but don't remember what the plot was. So uh, I feel like it's uh, even playing ground. I don't even... Never even heard of the first Uncle Kent. <laughs> other than my own. That's what I thought was so wonderful about it. No, nothing's <laughs> wonderful about that. <laughs> All right, so first off, we have Son of the Mask, uh, mm. movie that was well known as far as like people knew it existed. I never saw it. You never saw it. No, uh, from the director of Cats and Dogs. So there you go. Uh, uh, released February twenty fifth, two thousand five. This is not an old old movie. Oh five is when this came out. Oh five. Holy cow! Only fifteen Fif- years ago. Only fifteen years old. All right. Um, what do we think that this movie is about? I mean, we all so, know what the mask is, but Jamie Kennedy is the son of uh, of uh, Stanley Ipkiss. Okay. Uh, this is uh, slightly in the future, and he is now having a child of his own, and he has inherited his dad's dead. Uh, Stan died uh, in uh, a freak accident, and nobody knows why for sure. Uh, but he has inherited his dad's uh, goods, and so he's dipping up into that old attic, and he finds a box that has the mask in it. Uh, he does not put it on. He puts it to the side, thinking of it just like, oh, it's just a silly, stupid little mask that my dad must have kept, uh, not like an ancient relic. Uh, and then the kid, the baby, puts it on, and hijinks ensue. Also, Alan Cummings <laughs> is the reason why uh he looks like the bad guy so he looks like uh for those playing at home he to me he looks like uh uh robin lord taylor uh his joker or his penguin, fucking yeah. penguin uh-huh. yeah uh they look very similar there um and he is the per- the reason why stanley died because he's trying to get the mask um, because he knows of its powers and, uh, the baby is super powered and crazy and like super animated and whatnot. And he, uh, he's, he and Jamie Kennedy stop, uh, Alan Cummings character because he's a bad guy and that's it. I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to change it a little bit and I'm going to add something a little bit more to it. Uh, I think that, uh, Jamie Kennedy is actually playing Stanley Ipkiss. 
they just thought that somehow we wouldn't know the difference between Jim Carrey and Jamie Kennedy. Um, and so he's gotten uh, together with uh, this lady who is Cameron Diaz, but it's not really Cameron Diaz. Uh, it's supposed to be them afterwards. They do have a child. He boxed up the mask. Uh, I agree with that part for sure. And then Milo finds it. Uh, and the the baby ends up getting it, putting it on. And this time around, the mask acts like kind of like the ring does uh, in Lord of the Rings. It shoots out the signal that lets everybody in the galaxy know about the mask and where it is because somebody put it on. And uh, Alan Cumming and this uh, person with wings on their head are all look like they're people that are from out different planets. And it's kind of like a Zathura or a, um, what's the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy kind of adventure where it's a little wacky. There's some alien and uh, kind of oddity kind of action going on uh, because the baby has put this mask on and is very, uh, as you said, animated and all over the place. But Alan coming is an alien that's coming to find the power of the mask is what I'm thinking. Okay. Have you looked Let's it see up? see if I could find the synopsis. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, Tim Avery is Jamie Kennedy's character. Okay. He's an aspiring cartoonist. Finds himself in a predicament where his dog stumbles upon the mask of Loki. Uh, then, after conceiving an infant son born of the mask, he discovers just how uh, loony child raising can be. Uh, and I believe Alan Cummings' character is actually Loki. Oh, yep, you're right. And so he is, I guess that that's technically his mask. And the and dog's he's trying to recover it again. The dog's name is Otis, so Milo's in the first one and Otis is in the second one. How cute is there that? We, go. Uh, we did it. Yeah. We figured it out. Supposed to get we were so we were so close. Loki's gotta get the mask before Odin finds out and gets pissed off about it. Even though this mask Odin. has been missing. I didn't know that was Loki's mask. Is that the way it was always kind of portrayed? I don't I don't know that they actually called it the mask of Loki, and I never really read the comics, you know, yeah, I didn't up either. or anything either, so point. I didn't really know. Uh yeah, I mean I guess that maybe sense. that it's that is green. actually like steeped in lore or something yeah, like that. That's kinda cool. And it is very much I mean, it all is like very playing into that. Like it is a mask that is like straight up mischief. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's all that is. Uh, so we did bad. We did. Uh, we did real what's bad. What's next? Uh, we got Chad, shock treatment. Explain to me shock treatment. All right, this is a movie I've seen. Obviously, this is the the so so in quote unquote sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, you actually watched it? Yeah, I've watched it. I've never watched it before. Uh, I own it. Um, I've owned it and I watched it. Uh, all I remember is there's a lot of red and. Um, I feel like there's a lot of red on this poster, and uh, I feel like the guy, uh, what's his name, Richard O'Brien, uh, uh-huh. uh, he is obviously on the cover, and he plays like a doctor. Um, but that's about as far as I know my knowledge, which is about what the cover probably could tell you. Um, is that <laughs> there's a weird guy? He's kind of looks uh, looks like he could be a, an evil doctor. Uh, so. Is since this is like I know it has always been touted as a sequel. Are Brad and Janet in it as well? Maybe. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm I'm only answering maybe because I I don't know, and I, like I said, I've seen it but don't remember it. Um, and to plot wrong it, I guess it's kind of a difficult movie to plot uh, because there's just a a red head uh, staring at you. 
Um, yeah, it's just Richard O'Brien just kind of staring at you with this this snarl. <laughs> what would you, you th- know, let's let's play a, a, a little, play this one a little differently. What would you imagine the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show would look like if you could write one uh, of your own? I would assume that if Brad and Janet were okay and on okay terms after the fact of everything that had happened from Rocky Horror Picture Show where they both fucked Frankenfurter and she also got around with Rocky as well if he's like kind of okay with it then maybe they follow through they actually get married um I don't really know what I mean if it's the same characters maybe Richard O'Brien's character and his sister uh I don't remember what her name is what's the the chick with the red hair oh my gosh I'm I'm blanking right now um it doesn't matter Regardless, maybe they come back because, I mean, they were technically aliens from the planet Transylvania, transsexual Transylvania. That's true. Yes. Uh, so maybe they, they come back and more hilarity and hijinks ensue. Could be. Let's, this one's uh, difficult. I'm not, I'm not really truly sure. Let me read what you. This one, let me read you what actually happens. Uh, so this musical is set several years later. Uh, following Brad and Janet Major's hometown. So they did get married, okay. uh, which has become a giant TV station. Their whole entire hometown is a giant TV station. Uh, the, res- the whole town? Yep. Uh, res- residents are either participants or viewers. Um, they are married now, but their romance has fallen on the rocks. Obstensibly, to fix their marriage, Brad is imprisoned on the program Dentonvale, the local mental hospital, while Janet is constri- conscripted to become a new star as janet is entranced by the high life she forgets brad who is trying to woo her away so they are yeah it's a whole like weird tv thing where they're almost like truman showy it sounds like uh but with a couple uh instead of just one person and they have to they get pulled into different directions of tv shows and how oh, she's in it too. The Patricia Quinn. She played uh, the chick we were talking about, Magenta. Oh, Magenta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riff Raff and Magenta. But they're, they're, I guess, their siblings are also married in this as well. Because in the in the actual credits on this, now that I'm looking at it, it says uh, Richard O'Brien plays Doctor Cosmo McKin- McKinley, uh-huh. and then she plays Doctor Nation McKinley. Oh, so I guess they're related potentially or married. Yeah. Kind of weird how they kept together. And Little Nell's in this one as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I see that. There's a lot of, like, returning people that kind of came back. Just not the, not Brad and Janet. Yeah. Or, or the doctor. They got... Well, I mean, I guess he, he did die. He so died. You so you can't he, bring Tim Curry back. Yeah, and uh, the other two got a uh, lot better offer for paying jobs probably after that yeah. movie. <laughs> so A little bit. A little bit. Uh, all right. So we have Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby. Uh, the sequel starring Ruth Gordon, Stephen McCaddy, Patty Duke, oh, and Patty Donna Duke. Mills. Um, I didn't know that there was a sequel to Rosemary's Baby. Uh, <laughs> and when they were like, look what ha- look what happened to Rosemary's Baby, I was like, that is, uh, has to be the oddest title of a, of a movie. But uh, Let's see. What did happen to Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> um so maybe this is uh, the since it is a sequel, this is set further along. We've got uh, the baby is now maybe a child, maybe like a, a in the tween ages, like maybe like a ten or twelve year old a tweenager. Uh, so we've got somebody that's that age that is basically like a demon child. Mm-hmm. 
and then we kind of kind of just all centered around that. Uh, they're in that kid's in school. Uh, somebody's shitty to the kid, you know. So he's just like nah. And then like the the other kid dies. It's like a Damien type and, situation, like a yeah, omen. It very 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 omen esque in a, in a way. Uh, that's that's the direction I see it kind of going. I like that. Um, I think that um, I, the carriage is throwing me off. Like, I really feel like we still are dealing with a baby. Like, why is there still a carriage? Or is that just a, a they're just, you know, playing with the, the original cover on there. Uh, there's three people. They look uh, very startled and or frightened uh, on that cover, just kind of in the sky. Um, I like the art of it because it kind of looks like the, the shadowing is kind of like a tree over on the left side. Uh, if you were just kind of taking a quick glimpse of it. Uh, once again, I hate the title. I don't like that the blues don't match. Um, I'm just not a big fan of this cover artwork. <laughs> I, I just read the synopsis real quick, and it just sounds so like, I don't know. First of all, this is a TV movie. Oh, nice. Even better. Uh, having been adopted by, by the madame of a southwestern brothel, a now adult Adrian must cope with the fact that he's Satan's son and not living up to the expectations. <laughs> Sounds like a sitcom to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Earth-shattering 3.4 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next we have nice. 2010, The Year We Make Contact, which is... I'm assuming this is a sequel to 2001. Yeah, Space, Space Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Did you know that there was a sequel? <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> I didn't either. Um, we get a we get some some words on the screen. It says, "In the very near future, a small group of Americans and Russians set out on the greatest adventure of them all to see if there is life beyond the stars." Huh. There. Uh, John Lithgow's in it. Helen Mirren's in it. So we already got two big names right there. Uh, so I mean, I guess it's it's essentially that, like it's it, them just going out into space again. I think there's a lot more of uh, the robot guy talking because people liked that. Uh, but that Hal. was like, yeah, Hal, a lot more Hal. But like, this is. A, you a, think it's the same AI? Like Hal is back in this one? It's just like he's 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 like made they, it like they continued. Could be, yeah, absolutely. The year that we make contact, I think you definitely don't. It's not an aliens thing. They don't like make. Uh, they don't have creatures. I'm gonna say it's more of like you remember the the movie Contact with uh, was it Helen Hunt? I think in it uh, where like yeah yeah there wasn't you didn't actually see aliens like she you eventually didn't see like, it was just the the actual sound of yeah. everything coming. Through. I think that's what you probably get in something like this. Like they're venturing to that and then they they hear sounds it's more of an audio way of it's doing got things roy schneider from uh from uh jaws in it too oh yeah yep he's the and, uh, and Hal is in it oh nice how 9000 hot same dang. voice actor i believe as well well uh yeah I, I i agree with you i don't think there's a lot happening in this movie it's which to be fair there wasn't a lot happening in 2001 no i feel like it's more of this same and i mean 2001 for all extensive purposes was very I think that it is recognized in as such a great film because it is such a huge leap forward for like cinematography and for oh, yeah. different advancements and stuff. Like that movie I think came out in like the late 60s 
Yeah. And it was crazy ahead of time. Like they actually had a scene. There's a scene in that movie where they're, uh, where one of the characters is watching a news feed on basically what looks like a, an iPad, okay. uh, like on front of the thing. I was just like, they were thinking of shit like this back in the fucking end of the sixties that like a, something like an iPad would exist that you would watch like news updates and stuff like that on. You see him like swiping his hand on it and stuff and tapping on it. And I was just like, how fucking crazy is it? That, <laughs> that that's a thing that somebody thought about already. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I think just like I said, like cinematography wise, it's 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 shot in such a way that makes it just such huge epic scale and scope that not a lot of other movies did like that before, especially. Which is is interesting because if anybody really understood that that's why people liked it, they wouldn't have probably made uh, made it a sequel because I'm guessing they probably don't have the same giant leaps and bounds uh that they had with the other one so uh let's see though let's see what's up with this uh plot a joint u.s soviet expedition is set to jupiter to learn what happened to the discovery and to how uh, in the sequel to 2001, A Space Odyssey, um, da, 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 the discovery against a backdrop of glowing global tensions. Um, I guess this is an 84, which I don't, it's just, I guess I don't know what global tensions If Maybe they're made up ones. They're not like actual historic ones because this is actually future based. Um, right. So, uh, amongst the mysteries the expedition must explain are the appearance of a huge black monolith in Jupiter. Um, oh, my goodness. Siri is uh, attacking my phone. Um, <laughs> uh, huge black monolith in Jupiter's orbit and the fate of how the discovery of AI, the discovery's AI computer. Um, this was actually based on another novel by Arthur C. Clarke. I guess he, he wrote a, a, a follow up to this and they were just following huh. the guidelines of it. That's cool. Interesting. Um, I, I just removed one of the things on here. I, I skipped the two Jakes. I don't know if it's still on yours. Uh, no, it's not anymore. Okay. I saw the poster for it. It looked like it was... Is that a sequel to Chinatown? Yes, it is. I didn't know anything about it, so I was like, eh, I'll, I'll just cut it because we're probably yeah. going long anyway. If I was to guess, I will say it's probably more detective shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so our next uh, d- cover, cover you called cover poster movie uh, poster. I don't know. Uh, is Christmas Vacation Two, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. So yeah. we know that Christmas Vacation, as you had already previously stated, is the uh-huh. sequel to Vacation. Yes. Now we have a sequel to the sequel, uh, which would make it a fourth. Because you two times two? No, never mind. Um, two squared. <laughs> so this is Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Have you seen this movie? I have. You have? Okay. Yeah, let me, so it was a uh, made-for-TV movie, and I watched it whenever it aired. Okay. Let me uh, let me poke a, throw a little um, what my guess is at it, and you tell me how close or far away I am. Okay. Um, okay. I'm looking at this. Obviously, we got a little kind of cartoony version of the fam. Uh, it looks like we are on an island, uh, for sure. Uh, Eddie wins the lottery and he takes his family on a vacation because he sees Clark doing that with his family whenever they have money. And he really thinks that that's awesome. So he flies them out and, uh, he even takes, um, I don't know, maybe he takes Audrey and, uh, and the, the boy, I can't remember his name, Russ, 
uh, takes him with him. I don't know. That looks like it might be them on the right. Um, and his wife is definitely on the far right. Um, but he's got a lot of kids, too, so maybe those are just his kids. Uh, there's a, a Hawaiian-looking lady, maybe, perhaps, in a bikini and a short old man. So I'm going to go with <laughs> the, they take uh, a vacation to Hawaii and uh things go around they do it for christmas that's important because it's christmas vacation too yeah so it's christmas time wins a lottery or wins a vacation something along those lines takes the family away uh he has a little dream just like clark used to do with a girl in a bikini uh that's nice for him um and it's it's like the little section of vacation but more of that but less there's no clark to play off of so it might it's a little little uh a little off. That's why it's a made-for-TV movie. How, how well did I do? Uh, actually, very well. Um, uh, so the movie is uh, unexpectedly with Christmas just around the corner. Uh, the crude and perpetually unemployed cousin Eddie Johnson uh, wins a worry-free, all-inclusive vacation. Oh, nice! To a island in the South Pacific. No mention of what island but he wants a, a an island vacation okay however on the boat trip eddie's family along with audrey uh, 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 uh an equally sad uncle nick and the lovely guide muka lakamiki uh end up marooned on a deserted isle <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and now it's eddie's chance to shine can he pull off the perfect christmas out of nothing oh Wow, they really went there for that. They could have went so so much more simple. I feel like that movie was not like really that funny to me at all. Like it like it didn't play off well. The writing wasn't well. And whenever moments were sad, and Audrey was like sad because she wasn't with her boyfriend or who or, or anymore or whatever. Yeah. Like it just made the movie more depressing. Huh. Like it was like that part was actually well acted, and it made it more of like a just. I will try and get home. We'll do the best we can. Well, and that's not like, like it was like an overtly funny movie. That's like as Randy Quaid got older and crazier, right? Like that's like within like the last 20 years, this movie probably came out. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Like 2003, like right before he started running away from the cops and things like that. Yeah. 2003. <laughs> uh, next up we have samurai cop two, two. Oh yeah. Sorry. Deadly vengeance. Can't, uh, we can't review a Samurai Cop 1 movie. Not during Birthiversary 2. That would be impossible. No. That is just blasphemous. Uh, the tagline is, they thought he was dead. He was just cooling off. Ooh. <laughs> uh, this stars a bunch of people that I've never heard of. Oh, uh, except for Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> uh, I did not realize that this was a Tommy Wiseau movie. That's awesome. Uh I feel like Bai Ling sounds familiar. I know that. Feel like I know that name. I feel like yeah. that's uh, a, a woman that's been in things, perhaps. Uh, Bai Ling, Samurai Cop, two. Uh, I mean, it's kind of all there in the title. It's oh, she was a uh, she was Mika in the uh, in the Crow movie. Yeah, that's the, right. what's it, what's his face is like counterpart. Uh huh. The chick that was like, I want his eyes. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's her. So uh, it's a good pull on that. Uh, let's see. I think this movie is about a cop who is a samurai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So 
Samurai Cop 2, at the end of the first Samurai Cop movie, which I also have never seen, uh, why they say cool and off is uh, the final battle sequence happens in Alaska. Uh, it is during the uh, the winter months, uh, particularly the point in time whenever it's like 30 days of night kind of a thing, where it's like okay. always night. Yeah. Uh, so the final like battle sequence happens there between Samurai Cop and uh, the head of the mafia. And... Uh, he he gets him cut down with his with his blade, uh, which looks like it could potentially be a Hattori Hanzo sword, if I was to guess. Uh, he he cuts him down, and then he also gets shot up a couple of different times himself in the process. So uh, you know you never bring a, a knife to a gunfight. He he's in the in the snow. So at the end of the movie, you're you're led to believe like the camera kind of pans up. He's on the ground bleeding out in the snow, and you're like, oh, he's dead. But you know he was just cooling off. So he's coming back. Uh, they get like you wake up. He's in Alaska at the beginning of this movie. He's getting sewed up. Uh, he's all good. He's going back to L.A. back to his hometown to to kind of you know start up the beat again. So he's you know he's walking into the precinct. He's got a samurai sword over here. No gun. And then they're just like, uh, the, the mafia guy, he's back. He's back again. And then uh, it's, that character is that is telling him, he's like the captain of the precinct, is played by Tommy Wiseau. So he's like, he's back! He's back again! Uh, so... Uh, so he's got to go find this, uh, this huge mafioso again, uh, that he's cut down. He's now got like a giant scar across his face and, and his, and his body's like all scarred up from the fight. Uh, and, uh, he finds out that it, since it's all about of revenge and whatnot, he's, he's, uh, he's kidnapped samurai cops girl. And the final battle happens on top of the tallest building that they could possibly find in L.A. <laughs> and uh, basically the exact same thing happens. He cuts up the guy. The guy this time is cut in half and sliced and like half of his body goes off like uh, like Darth Maul into into a chasm. But not a chasm. It's just off the side of the building. Whereas like his legs are just up here kind of hanging out. And then he got shot up again. So he's bleeding out and his girlfriend's just like, no, no. And then Samurai Cop 3 is going to happen. Called a uh, deadlier vengeance. You, uh, you may be, you may be pretty close. Um, so, oh my god, I would shit. The first, actually, I, I as I was listening to this, I was like, I went ahead and read the plot because I was, I thought there's nothing that could beat this. Um, I think you wrote a better movie, uh, <laughs> though, though it may not be difficult to do. You definitely probably did. Uh, Samurai Cop One came out in 1991. This okay. movie came out in 2015 as oh a follow-up. Yeah, made for TV, made for TV movie. Um, 25 years later, the police detective Frank Washington is forced to team up again with his long-estranged partner Joe Marshall to investigate a series of assassinations in a case with ingredients that could never have imagined. They could have wow. never imagined. Um, I don't know. I, that's about as, as much of the plot as IMDb's given me, but I feel like everything you said was way more interesting than anything that this movie's going to provide. <laughs> wow, I wonder, does it have a... Oh, wow. It, a 4.9 out of 10. That's not horrible. No, it's not. I mean, halfway. It's better than a few of these movies that we've had on our list. I yeah. wouldn't have expected that for sure. Hey, you can watch what this on I? Con TV. If you were really interested in checking out Samurai Cop 2. Dude, you know I am. <laughs> I want to know about Uncle Kent. 
All right, Uncle Kent, let's check this. White sorry. knuckle swivel hips himself. <laughs> this is uh, this is our finale. This is the this is what we're going out on is Uncle Kent number two. Uh, cool. Cinema <laughs> is dead. <laughs> we get a second one. Is the tagline? Oh wait, no. There's two taglines. Yes, there There's is. Cool. Cinema is dead, and nobody saw the first one, so he's back for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That makes me think it's like a scary movie. Um, so I think cool cinema is dead is probably like just, a is not, I don't think either of these taglines are anything about the movie. I think it's a misdirection, if you will. Uh, I feel like it's really, uh, about this abusive uncle, um, that is, it's kind of a scary thing. Uh, I think he's kind of, he suffers from dysmorphia. Um, and he is abusive and he is left with his sister's kids after she's killed in an accident and he is not nice to them at all. It's kind of a, a thriller horror movie, uh, where he is, uh, really just ready to, you know, just be mean to them, um, in the city. And uh, that's why the city skyline's there. So then Uncle Kent too. Uh, the kids have grown up, and they're they're coming back. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna get him. They're gonna they're gonna say you know bye bye. And that little smoke fire you see in the distance on the city skyline, that's Uncle Kent's building. He was a rich man. Uh, he owned he <laughs> he was a he was a, a single businessman uh, that never married or had children. He just owned a, a large building in a city. Um, and they blew it up. Did you look this up at all? No, not at all. Not at all? No. Okay, because you're totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> in a desperate search to create a follow-up to Joe Swansburg's 21 film, or 20, 2011 film, Uncle Kent, Kent Osborne travels to a comic book convention where he loses his mind and confronts the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's way off. I think like the 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 poster is like literally just like a spoof. Like it's not meant to be serious. Like, oh. The first one, first one was meant to be serious, and then since nobody watched the first one, he was just like, "I'll just do whatever the fuck I want for the next <laughs> time." Like the first one's plot says, "A pothead's kid, a pothead kid's car- show cartoonist in Los Angeles spends a weekend trying to sleep." With his visiting house guest, who is a woman from New York that he met on Chat Roulette. <laughs> oh, you remember Chat Roulette? Yeah, I forgot all about that. It's still a thing. Do you want to close out the episode by uh, popping on Chat Chat, Ru- <laughs> chat Roulette real quick? <laughs> Not particularly. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> uh, so, chat Roulette. So the the premise behind Chat Roulette was that you just you move on to any random person and you, it was like a speed dating, but you're in your home and you never know what you're going to see. Allow to use my microphone and camera. It might Could take it off of my video. It might mess with your recording. No, you don't think random, uh, gender. I'm male. Could not publish your video. Make sure that you have an. Oh, I have to allow access to the camera. It's not going to work. I don't think without having, uh, Skype off also. I just told you that and you said no. No, I didn't I didn't know that's what you meant. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you can't use some of your other programs with this, so I figured that might be the same. Thank goodness yeah. we dodged that bullet. <laughs> oh, I figured New Zealand. <laughs> 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 
thanks for sticking <laughs> with us for two years it's uh it's been fun we're gonna keep doing this thing uh so uh, i feel hey, new zealand god bless you all and i hope that you are staying safe from the backstreet boys tour <laughs>